0: Snap Production
1: Brooke <laughs> Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Hello, it's Linda Mariano here and welcome to Brooke and Linda's Dream Club, where each week we trek through the desert of moments in culture and we just watch as the wind blows that sand to uncover iconic moments for us to talk about. And this week... I'm not joined by the fellow woofie in Brook Boney. Okay. She's taking a little week off, and instead, I've invited in one of my dear old friends, Veronica Milson, aka Ron Ronnie the Ronster. I don't think I've ever called you the Ronster before, but some
0: people have called me the Do Ron. The Do
1: Ron. Oh, the Do Ron Ron. Mm. Well, Ron is in here. Veronica Milson is someone that. You know, we we go back to Triple J days. Ronnie, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. In fact, every time
0: I eat a prune, I think of you. Oh, really? Yeah, so regularly, like I'm a, I'm probably prune a day. Eat? Yeah, so I think about you every single day. Actually, now I didn't realize how um crazy
1: that was. But yeah, you come into my mind all the time. I'm so excited about that because for anyone that doesn't know, I eat a lot. I eat a lot of fruit. I eat a lot of dried fruit, fresh fruit, and a staple in my diet is prunes. Huh. You know, I went, I hung out with the Triple
0: J breakfast team um, recently, and they were asking about like life advice of how to, you know, have like a work life balance while you're doing Triple J breakfast. And one of the things I said was, I think you just got to stretch all the time like Linda Mariano did and then you got to just eat snacks, healthy snacks always. Don't start eating chicken at 8.30am like every breakfast team does. What you got to do is just have a bunch of almonds, prunes, dates in your handbag and you just got to snack on them.
1: I'm absolutely honoured. Ron, this is the only reason I'm asking you on this show to give me the compliments of what you've been saying in interviews. If you want more Ron love this week as well, Veronica, you're actually doing Matt and Alex's... All Day Breakfast podcast this entire week. I'm going to be hanging out with you in a few days' time, but catch Ron every day on All Day Breakfast as well. But for now, you are here. We're dreaming. We're dreaming big. This week, there's some big stuff that we're getting into. We'll be talking about Hollywood's representation of motherhood, both on and off camera.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? The first time that I thought about that, I was like, I can't even think of a good (laughs) mum in a TV show. (laughs) Like, I was like, oh, all the good dads. And then I was like, oh, no mum really stands out to me. And we're also going to be going into something that you've thought a lot Mm. about since uh, watching White Lotus, which is toxic positivity culture. Plus, Linda, I'm going to be pitching you a TV show, which I reckon you're going to initially hate the sound of. Am
1: I starring in it, or is it a show I'm watching? No, no, no! It's a show that you're watching. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I don't have any budget to offer Damn, you a TV show. Because I knew that you're in TV. I know this. I've seen you on TV. She's a talented woman, Veronica Wilson and me doing the Dream Club. Let's get into it. Dream Club. So first things first, Ronnie. I am a huge Sandra Oh fan. Yeah. Oh, I just love her. So she was Dr. Christina in Grey's Anatomy for years. She stole the show. She's also Eve mm. in Killing Eve. Mm-hmm. She's in a new Netflix show called The Chair, where she plays the head of an English university. Um, which is coming out this coming Friday. So I'm so excited to see her in that. But alongside it, she did this really in-depth interview with The Cut, which you can read online, where she talks to her co-star Amanda Pete. But she basically talks about the representation of mothers, particularly in Hollywood on television and on and in film. And she was talking about this binary representation of now that she is a mum, she's either seen as this heroic magical motherhood figure or this narcissist that has to be a professional and has not got any of her shit together when it comes to her family. And it actually made me think of you. Oh. Because, because <laughs> someone who doesn't have their shit together eats because, just like an apple out
0: of their bag that's half eaten. Because yeah. you're such
1: a, mm. a, a sick mum that you post like videos of you and your daughters on social media and you're someone that when we were at Triple J together, I always found it so awesome for want of a better term. Wait, how do I say it? Like admirable. Yeah. Ad- yeah, not just like <laughs> I admirable, want to put but those
0: like words into yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, I don't don't put words into my
1: mouth. But but you know, you're a mum, you're in media. We both worked at Triple J, which yeah. is this like youth skewing network. Yeah. And I always would think about when I become a mum, I wonder if I can like come back to this youth network. What it feels like as someone within there.
0: Yeah, it was pretty weird, especially because talking to people around Triple J, just, um, you know, like behind the scenes, no one knew anything about having a baby so yeah. or being pregnant, which actually meant like it offered a lot of liberties. People will be like, I'd be just waiting for the talk and they'd be like, you go. I'm like, I'm not going to piss myself. What? Are you kidding? <laughs> but I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a lot of um, like ignorance from people about what it entailed. But then, yeah, it was the weirdness of um, talking about being pregnant on air and it always feeling yeah. like it was lame. Even now talking about having kids um, in front of a microphone makes me feel weird. Yeah. Like I, I shouldn't be talking about it. And it's because we're, no one, no management at Triple J ever said, don't talk about having kids. I just always knew that it wasn't quite what people who were listening to the station who were yeah. going to festivals and like
1: yeah. um, doing crazy stuff, like that just wasn't a part of their lives. And there was this interview with Iggy Azalea as well where she talked about when she became a mom, and simultaneously as a rapper and, you know, had a, baby with one of the coolest rappers in the world, Playboy Cardi, and then had this kind of freak out where she went, I think I need to step out of music, not only because I don't know if I'm part of that sphere anymore, but also because... I now have a son and I have a public profile and where does that fit into it?
0: Yeah, and that she has people like publicly talking about her son on her Instagram if she posts something or whatever. Yeah, and having a public profile when you do have kids sort of changes it because you do sort of go into protection mode. You're like, oh, I don't want... I, like, I don't want someone to know too much about me and then be able to know too much about my kids or whatever. Yeah. The thing
1: about this Sandra O oh interview as well, which was so cool, was that she was saying, you know, traditionally there have been these roles where you're either the wife or you're the mother and that's kind of it for her in Hollywood. And she was like, no way, I'm blowing that out the window, especially with this new Netflix series, which I haven't seen yet because it's not out. But she was saying, blow the lid off that these characters that we can take on board now are not two-dimensional. There's so much more to it. There's so much more complexity and we've got to do it. Do you feel like it's changing a little bit?
0: Uh, a little bit. Do you remember that um, TV show, which was, like, I don't think it was widely viewed, but it was called Smilf? It was like sing- Sex. single. Oh, single. Yeah, Milf. Okay. And it was like a really raw look at this single mum who was kind of doing it tough and... It was like the story of the person who was the main actor in it. Actually, she got cancelled because she did something weird to someone on set, I think. So it never got a third season, but it it did two seasons. And there was some really weird stuff on it that really stuck with me. Tell you one, and this is Hmm. weird to talk about, but hell, it was on a TV show.
1: We love weirdness.
0: So in the first episode, her kid is asleep next to her on the double bed. They only have one bed in their house. And she's really horny, but she can't leave her house because her kid is just there and she's not going to invite a dude around. And so she masturbates on the bed next to her kid while the kid's asleep.
1: Whoa. Yeah.
0: And I was like, I was like, oh, that's so wrong. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's just
1: a weird reality. Times?
0: I don't know. Yeah. Is, is that maybe, I mean, that's where your kid came
1: out of. The kid's only like three years old. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Isn't that a minefield? Jesus, what do you do? I would not want to see the comments under that clip. No way. But this was like a whole heap of the stuff that this show did
0: was like pushing boundaries about being a mum and like the weird realities that you have to face. But, yeah, she got cancelled, so I guess she was a bit too boundary pushy. Jesus.
1: (laughs) Ronnie, the next thing I want to ask you about was, actually, I've got a bit of a bone to pick with you. Oh, a Brooke Bone is a Brooke that it. You Bone. should have that as a segment. Oh, Brooke Bone to pick. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's been used. Yeah, before, I think so. Surely, mm. it's too good a pun. Mm. Um, so when you texted me on Instagram maybe a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and asked if I would be part of All Day Breakfast, yes. the podcast that you're doing this week, of which we are going to be doing, we're hanging out later yeah. this week. Thank you. Um, on my Instagram notifications, not only was there a message from Veronica <laughs> Milson, but there was also a. Veronica Milsom has started following you. And I just needed to say, like, what the (laughs) hell happened, man? We were colleagues for years. I was still following you after we both left Triple J. Like, what did I do? Yeah, it was as big a surprise to you as it was to me. I don't know. No, no, no. no. Honestly,
0: honestly, I I was like, oh, I'll message um, Linda and just let her ask (laughs) if she'll be a part of this thing. And then I was like, oh, I'm not even following her anymore. And then I started to think back to like, if I got drunk enough to unfollow you
1: for being too good, could that have been it? Was <laughs> I, am I really that toxic positivity person in our lives on social media? Do
0: I I really rub it in? And so toxic positivity—that's like when you're too, like you're
1: like, oh, just be happy or whatever. That's yeah, that's essentially what it is. Actually, that is the thing that I wanted to talk to you about. The the bone to pick (laughs) is just a little thing. We'll get to the bottom of that. We'll find out what that post was. I I don't know. I'm gonna have
0: to go back through your feed and see if there was anything that would have pissed me off. But like, it doesn't ring a bell for me. And it was nothing against the Dream Club because I was definitely still following Brooke.
1: Interesting. Get to the bottom of this. But in terms of toxic positivity, um, I feel like it's this term that's been brought around recently and I wanted to bring it up again today because I was thinking about social media and there was this great article that came out in the Dazed magazine. It was also um, one of the contestants on The Bachelor was called like Miss Toxic Positivity in a recent challenge and then in my favourite new TV show, The White Lotus, Mm. it came up in one of the last episodes. That kind Mm. of, you got to watch it, this like just be happy mentality. So Toxic Positivity and especially throughout the kind of pandemic has been seen as this big rise where it's this you know don't worry about the storm just think about the fact that there's a rainbow so it's not positivity um in kind of all its forms it's just toxic positivity where you essentially ignore the negative and you don't take into account self-awareness and self-compassion and kind of vulnerability allowing yourself to grow allowing yourself to go like feel the shit or Mm -hmm. sit in your shit it kind of makes it slightly problematic because it's this kind of insincere rise of just be happy, just have gratitude, just be blessed, you are just part of the lucky country and that sort of thing and the kind of, the mood set that it has in terms of social media. Yeah. I
0: mean, it is toxic, but I never would have even actually thought to pick it up as something that is a shitty way that we're living at the moment. But I think it's mostly because of influencers needing to get together with brands, right? Is that a part of it?
1: Like Like brands don't want to partner
0: with someone who's like, oh, I'm down in the dumps about how everything's going with the world. Like they want people to be like, living my best life. I think that yeah, that's a part
1: of it. that's the point of it, isn't it? It's yeah, the living my best life thing.
0: It feels almost like um, it's something that we were always getting, like, emotionless men to steer away from was that, like, chin up, you'll be right kind of thing.
1: Totally. And then now it's sort of
0: veered into a different sphere, which into is odd. Into the glow up. Yeah. Basically, right? Yeah. I feel like the only way that I am a bit guilty of it is that I often, if I'm a bit sad, I'm like, oh, but let's put this into perspective, which I think is also like a yeah. similar vein of unhelpfulness where you don't allow yourself to be like,
1: oh, this is actually crap. You're yeah. like, oh, but come on, it'll be over soon. And, yeah. you know. I think I I think it is about seeing that whole picture thing. Like I've definitely, I've totally been guilty of being a shitty little positive person yeah, in previous years, like to my own detriment where I've, you know, broken out in hives or something because I'm not dealing with the stress of something that's actually going wrong. Yeah. But in this last year, because I've been forced to, like, you know, sit in your shit and figure it out. Yeah, well, that I've gotten be your better. whole your
0: podcast was, like, all yeah, about that, totally. Right? Yeah, totally. Tough Love was
1: to- completely mm. about going you can't just constantly – think of the bright side of life, we've got to kind of work through it to get to that positive state. And you can get to that po- positive state at the end, but it's not just through being like, I'm doe mm. Let's do an inventory. Yeah. I've, at least I've got Great hair, yeah, awesome. yeah. Oh my god, you do have great hair. No, it's so dirty right now. Don't look close. Don't <laughs> look close. Don't look close.
0: But actually, that did, it, when I saw that you were doing tough love, that um did surprise me about it. I was like, oh, interesting. I didn't think I've really heard Linda kind of go deep publicly before. Yeah. You have always been sort of um, bright side, and yeah,
1: yeah, interesting. Which again circles back to my point as to why did you follow me? Oh, <laughs> um, bright side. Yeah, I think I, I think. Now that we've actually gone through
0: it, yeah, toxic positivity. Get off it, Linda. I reckon
1: that's (laughs) what it was. (laughs) Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Linda, you like reality TV? (laughs) I do really like reality TV and being in lockdown at the moment in Sydney means that I am, you know, getting through my days by thinking about what reality show I'm indulging in that night. Is it The Bachelor night? Is it a bit of Beauty and the Geek night? Or is it Survivor, which I'm now watching for the first time ever and loving?
0: Okay, well, this show that I'd like to pitch you right now, I think that you will hate the sound of Mm. because it is actually a documentary, but it's a lot like reality TV. And not to say that you wouldn't like a documentary. I'm not saying that about you at all. Hey, my
1: brows are high, low, (laughs) in between, super hairy. Don't care.
0: So... It's this is like a soap opera as well. It crosses so many genres, and I'm very passionate about this show. So it's called Drive to Survive. It's on Netflix. It's all about Formula One racing.
1: Oh no, you've lost me. Yeah,
0: okay. I lost myself when I my partner was like, my husband was like, oh, let's watch this show, and I was like, boo, that sounds so bad. (laughs) And I always, whenever I saw Daniel Ricciardo as like clickbait, I always thought he sounded like a real cock, you know, and he was always doing shoeies, I was like, oh, the way he's representing Australia on a world stage is so disappointing, but
1: this show! Okay, so
0: give it to me. it's three seasons it's like an hour each episode, I smashed through it, absolutely loved it. All I ever do is pray for
1: a safe race I never thought that I'd be there one day watching my son
0: For me, it's heart attack
1: after heart attack
0: It's like reality TV in that, you know, the whole thing about reality TV is like genuine hopes of people and them being judged upon by other people about whether they can happen or not. This is what this show Drive to Survive is. The stakes are real in that there is huge money up for grabs. Like these dudes are all like multi, multi millionaires. But then the stakes are real
1: and high in that they could die, At any moment. That does really freak me out. I feel like I would be so terrified just watching them drive. Well,
0: and you do. You, like, sit on the edge of your seat the entire time. It's terrifying. And although it's, like, a documentary and everything's happened, because I've never followed Formula One. Yeah. I'm, like, gripped because I'm, like, I don't know how this ends. Does Lewis Hamilton still end up winning? Um, by the way, he is a massive dreamboat. Like, I'd never really dug into who he is. Okay. But there's this whole episode You've about... you
1: me back in. wrong.
0: <laughs> there's this whole episode about um, him and, like, the role that Formula One has to play in Black Lives Matter and him being, like, the only black driver. And it, that is really fascinating. Uh-huh. But, okay, if this hasn't got you already... Um, They've got amazing access and they're so cavalier about bitching about each other. The drivers about the other drivers in the teams, the drivers about like other team members about the manufacturers who are making the cars. Daniel Ricciardo comes across as an absolute legend. Like you want him to be on the screen more because he's so relaxed. He's so cool. And he's also just like the other drivers all admire him. They want to be Mm -hmm. like Daniel Ricciardo. How am I going so I far? I feel
1: like you're kind of going in a, in a positive way, not toxic positive, just positive, <laughs> because if someone had sat here and pitched the TV show Survivor to me, yeah. I also would not have been into If you were like... There's these people on an island. You have to throw these sandbags, pick them up with your teeth, and at the end the prize is a boiled egg. Like I would be like, get me out of here. Yeah. But... The it kind of sounds like RuPaul's drag race where they're like bitching about each other. Yeah. They're into it. They're heroes. They're antiheroes. There's some dream boats. Oh, and the like antihero, one of them is
0: this guy called Christian Horner, who is um uh, Ginger Spice's husband.
1: Oh, Jerry he, so, Halliwell. Yeah,
0: so she cracks a mention throughout the episodes and like, you know, choppers in to see a race or whatever and yep. just says ridiculous things and then leaves. And he's the team principal of Red Bull. Anyway, you get so into the world that now I just Google like the results of F1 all the oh, time. I I'm do so in that, love world. that you
1: have to Google the people after a good reality or doco. Like yeah. I'm all like like the in their Instagram. Yeah. Like, I'm really right in there looking at the Wikipedia. The
0: only thing that I will say, is that there? it's, like, horrible for the environment, as we know, and the wastefulness True. of, like, the tyres that just have to get changed every couple of laps and then they're just chucked in landfill and you're like, oh, this aspect of it makes me feel very sick and bad.
1: But apart from that, ooh, If you lean into the dramedy of it, you're into it. Yeah. How long is an episode? I think it's about an hour or 45 or so. Okay, I will mm, watch an episode. A big commitment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big commitment, but that's okay. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. I will watch... Drive to Survive. Yes. Dream
0: club. Brush your hair and put it in a plait and pretend you're going to a dance recital.
1: It's already hay season, doggies, so stop off with those antistamines. One a day. I'm in.
0: It's okay to eat old gold
1: rum and raisin.
0: I know you think it's what boomers do, but it's It tastes delicious. It's not okay. It's really not okay. What? Fruit and (laughs) nut chocolate? No, you love fruit and nuts. I know that separately. (laughs)
1: Nervous about this next bit why are you nervous oh this is a dream club update little Dm time that's right and I um I don't know about making myself vulnerable it, it gives me sweaty palms. This is it. Your palms are sweaty, but you're a little Eminem Oh okay. I was wondering if you were I know. knees know. I can't weak. help but yeah. lean into it. It's lame, <laughs> I know. But it is one of the greatest rap crossover mainstream songs of the last 20 years, if it came out indeed tw- less than 20 years ago. Ooh, yeah, I'm feeling 1998 vibes. Yeah, that could that rings a bell. So, yeah, no. Anyway, we're not going to fact check that because it's d time, yes. Ron, and I'm mm. forcing you into vulnerability. So this is where Brooke and I... And it's basically our conversations that we have on the phone, but instead into a microphone Mm -hmm. and talking to you, our dear dreamer, about the things that we're dreaming about each and every week. And sometimes they're little, sometimes they're big. This week, I've done a few things and, you know, I love eating. You mentioned snacking at the top of this episode, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to keep the snacking theme going through. Snacking trying to cook a little bit better, trying to cook a bit more, a little bit less takeout, et cetera. And there was something that I once read in a self-help book that was more about creativity. It was something that you kind of apply to if you're, say, writing a book or doing a podcast or writing a TV show. And it was about not getting intimidated by not being how good you're going to be in, say, a month or in a year's time. And it was about just saying, like, just start. Start where you are. Just start where you are. Mm-hmm. And so, a couple of nights ago, there's this ravioli dish that I've been wanting to make. That's my nonna's old dish, right? Yeah. And I've never made it because I'm always like, I'm not going to get the ricotta parsley mix right. Oh, I'm not so going to even do. The, yeah, everything I'm, I'm not going to get the pasta sauce that you then need to soak it in right. I'm not going to. I don't put enough salt in. My family tells me that the food tastes too healthy, which just translates as it's not tasty. (laughs) And then I was just like, what does Seth Godin say in this book? He says, just start where you are. You just need to start. So you know what? I made it wrong. And yes, at the end of it, it 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 wasn't great. There was not enough salt in the sauce, but it was all right. And I could just add salt after. And I'm going to effing make that thing again and it's going to taste better. And by the time I come out of lockdown and I can actually cook it for my family, it's going to taste bomb as hell. So I needed to have a bit of that gung-ho start where you are mentality, and I'm applying it to my cooking. Oh, that's really good.
0: Thank yeah, like you. A, you had a blank page, and you just needed to write something, and you did.
1: Exactly, mm. and it was shit, but I just needed to do it. Oh, well
0: done. And you ate it, or?
1: I did eat it. Yeah, yeah. you suffered
0: through it. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> of oh, I, did. <laughs> I, just I needed to, to know.
1: And also when something's bad, do you find that you kind of want it, if, if you have a bad smell, you want to smell it more. If you've got a bad taste, you kind of want to taste it more, to kind of get to the bottom of it. What's so bad about this? Yeah.
0: Tell you what, I've become obsessed with bad smell-wise at the moment. Um, I live near heaps of fruit bats and I love the smell of poo. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: It's from, is it kind of fermenting fruit? Yeah. I was dry. like, it's when I first fruits. went past it, yeah, yeah, I was like,
0: this is fruity and delicious. What is it? And then <laughs> I saw a sign that said fruit bat colony and I was like, oh, that's humiliating. Do you like natural wine? Uh, I,
1: it's, yeah. like, it probably smells like natural <laughs> wine. It's like really funky or like mm. I don't drink, but that's what I imagine it smells anyway, like.
0: Apparently all over summer they're in our backyard. Um, I've just moved to a new place, so I'm excited about it. It's going to be fruity whips every <laughs> like two minutes. Uh, so the thing that I um, would like to bring up is also like sort of a mantra. Is that a theme for yeah, the d and okay. Yeah, okay. whatever. So when I did yoga one time, I really remember this one moment where the yoga teacher said, be kind to yourself today. And it was the simplest thing, but it really has stuck with me. This was about two years ago. And so I often think to myself, just be kind to yourself. And it's often about the way I look, which is like that my skin is starting to look really crap as I'm getting older and that it's like dry or whatever. And that I, you know, like I need to redo my roots. I can't during lockdown. and But just like being more okay with it and being yeah. kind to myself and just letting myself get away with just not having to look the best. Or
1: I agree. Ugh. It's
0: hard though. It really changes. It, it's like a, it forces you to change your mindset because my instinct is I don't want to post any pictures of myself online because I think I look crap.
1: You know? Like you're not living your best life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But anyway, be kind to yourself. That, like, is something that stuck with me, and hopefully it could use.
1: Mm. You know what? If you want to catch more of Veronica Melson, you can catch her on All Day Breakfast this entire. Week. If you think it sounds bad what I'm doing on all day breakfast just know that I'm being kind to myself all the time and letting myself get away with being bad. (laughs) Well for now please hit us up on the Dream Club podcast on Instagram. You can join our Dream Club. I will definitely be posting a picture of myself watching. um, Drive to Survive Drive to Survive. I already almost forgot the name of it. Uh, Um, Drive to Survive. So apart from that Brooke, Boney and I will be back next Wednesday with another episode. But, Ron, thank you so much. Mm, Thanks for having me. What an absolute joy. Leave us a little cheeky, choogy review and, as always, tag us in a pic. Positive, negative, all the tings.
0: Toxic, positive. Cool. Uh, Uh-uh.
1: Got it. Ooh, okay. Cool, cool. Um, Thanks,
0: thanks Brené.
1: Uh-uh. Yeah. It was perfect. Mm. Cool. Whoa. Uh uh Ooh. I like that. Oh. Should we get into it? Listener.